What's happening? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, coming at you with part four, the final installment of the hardcore financial plan to get you out of the middle class and into the outcast class of freedom and fulfillment. Again, I highly recommend you watch parts one, two, and three and check out the article over at RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com because I have all the links to everything that I'm talking about in this series and it's complicated and something you're going to want to be able to refer back to and definitely check out the article and again this is not tax legal or financial advice please consult with a professional before you implement any of the concepts outlined in this video audio series so without further ado we are on step 15 get commodities gold has a thousand year track record as an investment it is the only thing that out is shown to be more um, stable and secure than a bank. Um, because thousand, maybe even 2,000 years people have been using gold as an investment. And on average, it usually does well in times of uncertainty. Uh, gold and silver, however, I'm not recommending these as an investment. Um, I spent three years as a pro trader. No one knows where the market's going to go. You might think gold may go up, but it might go down. We don't know. It is a nice benefit if your gold stocks or your rather your, your gold and your silver goes up, but I'm not recommending it as an investment. I'm recommending it as a hedge against disaster. So you've got all this money and you've secured your cash and you're securing your base in a foreign country and you're planting your flags. Now you want to get even more security so that your assets all aren't cut up in, you know, cash, which is at, at this point in the game, either paper or just digits on a computer somewhere, you want to be able to get actual physical commodities, okay? And gold and silver are some of your best hedges against a disaster scenario, like the US ec economy going down. And I'm not talking about gold or silver stocks or ETFs, I'm talking about the actual physical asset that you can hold in your hand and have it either in a safe deposit box or somewhere protected that's close by to you, maybe in a safe in your house, or both, ideally, okay? It is a nice hedge, and it is something that has stood the test of time. That said, it is not about becoming paranoid and putting all your money into gold, like some alternative media sites, <clears throat> not to name any names, who sell gold products try to pump you into. Um, it is just another hedge for a logical, rational decision maker in case of a disaster scenario, all right? You wanna to get to the point where you can lose a revenue stream or lose an asset or lose a bank account or lose a proper or whatever and still be able to survive and thrive. Again, a lot of these situations won't happen and hopefully you won't have any disaster scenarios but ultimately if you do you can not only survive and thrive and you get the extra peace of mind of being like well if something happens to this it doesn't matter I have all these different assets um, and all these heads everything hedged and you know I'm very well secure step 16 investing um, I've taken a long time to get to investing and some people will have you investing a lot earlier than this but this is just my two cents and I'm gonna give you why we are only talking about investing now. First reason, and, and this is coming to you as someone who made a living off the market. It was three years as a pro trader, um, not 
day trading, sitting in my home, but working for a company as a pro trader and I was making a lot of money doing it. And investing is the most misunderstood concept on, on this list. And even most guys, even like smart guys I know, they, they are not market, they do not understand the market. Financial advisors don't understand the market. Intelligent guys don't understand the market. It is very misunderstood. The first thing you have to understand is no one knows where the fuck the market is going. Okay, nobody knows. And the best thing you can do for your, the best thing I did for my education was just go into a day trading firm and get my ass kicked for a year straight, just the shit beaten out of me every day, to just beat it out of me that I have no idea where the thing is gonna go and I never know where it's gonna go. That is a very important position to have and it's the position that Warren Buffett takes. Warren Buffett does not do market timing. Um, Warren Buffett's the best in, best ever, the best investor of all time, and he only does 20% a year. That's it, he only has averaged 20% a year over the last 40 years. The way that Warren Buffett really got rich is he got rich by selling a service-based business. He sells the concept of a 20% return year over year. The S&P on average does 8% a year, so what he's really selling is that extra 12%. He's selling an extra 12% uh, to wealthy people, okay? Because an extra 12% is not worth a ton of a lot to a middle-class guy, but to a millionaire or to a billionaire, an extra 12% is an absolute fortune. And they were willing to give him a lot of money to do it. And the way that Warren Buffett really got rich was, number one, selling a superior service, 20% compounded consistently every year. Number two, superior sales and client management. If you look at Warren Buffett's wall, the diploma that he had on there is not his degree from a top university, it's Dale Carnegie's How to Win, Flan how to Win Friends and Influence People's course. Warren Buffett learned how to become a very good salesman and very good client manager. And number three, most importantly, is Warren Buffett used those sales skills to get a lot of opium, otherwise known as other people's money. Something like his initial investment was something like $1,000 into Berkshire Hathaway. If he had just spent all his time managing that $1,000 investment over the course of time, he would not be a rich guy. He would be you know, comfortable. He got rich by getting other people's money and then delivering that 20% return and using compound interest, which got him to $40 billion, all right? That's what you really need to understand. You don't have other people's money to invest. So you are not going to get rich from the stock market. That's how the stock market works. You set up a fund, you deliver a superior return to your competitors, then you get other people's money. But it's the other people's money, it's all that leverage that gets you rich. And it's a position where you're protected because if you lose other people's money, well, you're not on the hook for it. As opposed to if you're sitting there like a fucking retard on your e-trading account, and you've got a bunch of credit, if you lose that money, you're on the hook for it and you're fucked, all right? That's not what you wanna do. Um, so basically, to get rich, which is why we talk about business ownership, and it's, it's what I realized when I was a day trader, I was like, this is complete gambling, I can't count on this. You have to get your big money coming from business ownership because in, Businesses and starting a small business, and if you start the small businesses that I recommend, that's where you can get the thousand percent returns a year. That's what you need. You need, if you only have three thousand or four thousand dollars in the bank, you need thousand percent returns a year. 
you need to turn that $3,000 into $30,000. And then the next year you need to get, you know, get it up to making $7,000, $8,000 a month. Um, if you want to really start getting rich and that S&P index tracking fund where you're getting 8% a year is going to do absolutely nothing for you if you're poor, literally nothing. Um, an example of my business, I make, it, it costs me about $300 to launch one of my eBooks and from the formatting to the editing to the cover design. And within a day of launch, I make that back. I make a hundred percent return on that product, that product, the day of launch. Um, and then not only that, but that asset is going to continue to sell for the next two, three years, even, you know, the next decade, I wouldn't be surprised if some of my books will be, if not all will continue to sell over the next decade, obviously not as much as they sell in the first year, but, um, I've been quite happy with how some of my books have been selling over the last couple of years. So that is a very important thing. Um, and the same logic applies to service business, you know, which is like a hundred dollar investment for, for your internet connection. Um, and maybe a couple, you know, the website and all that. And then I know guys who've scaled up to $5,000 a, uh, a month on their copywriting business within a year. That's thousands of percent return. It's insane and insanely high margins. That is how you get rich. You get into a high margin business. You won't find high margin businesses on the stock market because that's already been pilfered. You know, that's all, all that high margin has already been taken out and gone to the owners. And by the time it get, a business gets really big, it's not going to have thousand percent margins anymore and thousand percent returns anymore. It's not possible. So with all that said, let's assume that you've gotten rich from your business ownership. You've gotten your assets secure. You've secured your base. You've, you've hedged across all um, asset classes and you have multiple streams of revenue coming in and, and keeping you making money. Now we're talking about um, getting you close to retirement and, and um, you know, investing, so, you know, that cash now that the cash is protected. And this is assuming that you have a lot of cash to invest because the stock market is not good for you making you rich, but it's good for the making a rich man richer and making a rich man richer when his Income or expenses are still the same is a very convenient place to be. For example, if you have a million dollars and you're getting 6% on that, that's $60,000 a year. So the two best ways to invest are dollar cost averaging into an ETF or a low MER S&P tracking fund or a investing in uh, midterm bonds on that average on five or 6% return a year, like municipal bonds. And Historically, the S&P 500, um, if you'd bought an index tracking fund 100 years ago, would have returned 8% a year on average. With that said, we cannot predict the future. I'm saying it's an option, but 100 years ago, the U.S. was not $19 trillion in debt like it is now. What's the next 30 years or next 100 years going to look like in the U.S.? I have no idea. I doubt it's going to be as good as the, next, as the last 100 years. Um, so if you are looking at an, uh, an index tracking fund, I would look towards China or I'd look towards like a world fund so that you are hedged across multiple countries. Um, do not think that just because you do the smart thing and buy 
um, in an index tracking fund or you buy the actual, you know, the ETF that you're hedged because you're hedged across a, different, a bunch of different um, companies. You're not hedged because you're still tied to the US dollar in the US market. Um, the best hedge is, is across the world. Uh, but again, one thing you really have to understand about this technique is that it's a 30 year technique. So dollar cost averaging means you're buying in every year um, and you keep adding to this index fund or ETF. And the reason it's a 30 year or 20 year technique um, and let's say you're, you're, you're getting into your investments when you're 50 or whatever, and this is something that you're going to be doing for the next 25 years so that when you're 75, you're, you've, you've made a lot off this particular investment or, you know, the bonds where you're going to be living off that for, from 50 to 70. Um, the reason is to take advantage of compound interest in, in an index fund or an ETF, you have to hold it for like 25 years. If you're just planning on holding it for five years, the compound interest is minimal. And you also can't time the market, so you could be in, um, you could you could get into the wrong time and have and start your investment in a couple down years. Okay, that's very important to understand. If you are going to be buying an index fund and dollar cost averaging into it for the next thirty years, you need to be a guy with a lot of financial discipline, and you might have to eat a few years or a few down years, or sometimes even a down decade, depending on if you got in at the wrong time. Um, it's just the nature of the beast. So. That's something to take into account. The other option that I uh, mentioned is the uh, buying municipal bonds or buying um, uh, mid-yield mid bonds. And this is the MJ DeMarco money tree. If you don't know MJ DeMarco, he wrote the Fastlane Millionaire book and has the Fastlane Forum, which sounds like a fucking scam book, but it is probably the best book on um, online entrepreneurship and, and as well has really good stuff on investing. Very, very smart guy. And this is his money tree system, which I agree with 100%, and is especially um, relevant for a guy in a cheap country. And it's probably what I would do over investing in um, the market. And the way that that looks is basically, let's say you're 50 and across all your asset classes, you're hedged and you're secure and you've got multiple streams of revenue and now you've got a million dollars to play with that you're able to take out and um, look at investing. You invest that in across, uh, you know, 10 to 15 municipal bonds or um, corporate bonds that are averaging like five to 7% a year. You can look at MJ DeMarco, uh, search for his money tree and you'll see what his actual investments are and l look at getting like five to 6% a year off the bond. Um, and then obviously with the bond, you, by the end of the term, you get your full principal back. So basically what's going to be happening is you're living on the five to 6% interest that you were getting. And you also are able to uh, get a more beneficial tax position because it is not income, it is interest. So let's say you're getting five, five to 6% a year on a million dollars, that's $6,000 a month or 60, um, 60 grand a year. That is a large chunk of change if you are living in a developing country where a doctor makes uh, $3,000 or $3,000 a month, you're literally going to be making twice what a doctor is making just from your fucking bonds. And that's not including your multiple streams of income from your business. And then you're still going to be able to get all the principal back at the end of that uh, bond term. And I think it's a really good idea. And it's especially a good idea in the cheap country for a guy with no mortgage and debt and multiple streams of revenue. 
and I really like that idea. The only place that you lose is you lose on uh, compound interest because when you are uh, buying into a, an index fund or an ETF, that because you're not taking money out, it is automatically compounding um, at the end of the year. And let's say the ETF at 8% earns slightly more than the bond fund and it's compounding every year, by the end of a 25 year term, you will have made a lot more money with the actual ETF. But the question is, are you, um, what's more important, the money that you're gonna get after the 30 years or the money that you're gonna get uh, to that 30 year period? Um, and I would lean towards being able to get money every year, that's just me. Those are your only two fucking options. I'm telling you this as a guy who made a living as a professional trader, almost no one who's giving you advice online made an actual living as a pro trader. If you are thinking about getting a fucking E-Trade account or trading options on credit, on leverage with a brokerage house, just save time and flush that money down the toilet. Or better yet, send the money to me here in Thailand to my PayPal account and um, I can save you a lot of time and you can just give all that money to me because you're not gonna make money doing that. I promise you and you're just gonna get nothing but frustrated and you can end up fucking losing and owing money. Um, it takes incredible discipline to be a trader and you also need some kind of an edge. You need arbitrage or you need, um, you know, to be working for a hedge fund that has first calls to brokers and things like that. It is exceptionally difficult to make money on your own as a trader and do not think just because you know a guy who's made money, oh, he's been making money for two years, that's great. Wait till year five and he destroys his portfolio. I'm telling you, there is not one person that went through our office and we must have had thousands of guys who went through our office. These are professionals who is still trading today, okay? Unless you were working for a hedge fund or something like that and pro trading is not an option. Do not do this. Do not do Forex. Do not do someone's fucking bullshit trading system. Do not fucking trade. Do not try and invest in stocks because you think you're smarter than the market and you think you're smarter than Warren Buffett. Do not fucking do this, guys. I cannot emphasize this even more. Please check out my articles and videos on 10 reasons the stock market won't make you rich or my fucking 8,000 word article on um, my experience and advice on being an equities trader if you are not convinced. Very, very important. ETF or index fund or midterm, um, mid midterm moderate yield bonds is the only thing that I would recommend. And again, not legal advice, tax advice, or financial advice. Just my opinion, okay? The position you wanna be in is anti-fragile and you're only investing when you can afford to lose the money. You can afford to take a 15% hit in your ETF or a 30% hit in your ETF or of those 10 bonds, you can take a hit of losing the principal on one or two of those bonds and it's not a fucking big deal. That's where you wanna be, the anti-fragile position. That's why I tell you to get all the other fucking shit together before you start fucking around with investments and look at your businesses as your big investments. Not the position of, you want anti-fragile, not the position of, I'm ruined because I day traded on credit like a retard. That is not the position. That is very fragile. You wanna be anti-fragile if possible. So that's it on investing. Step 17, we're getting close to the end here the emergency contingency plan. Now this is something that you can put together 
right off the bat if you want to, but it's definitely something you want once you have all your ducks in a row, so to speak, and it's kind of the final piece of the puzzle. Basically, you want to have um, a couple, uh, you want to have a few of the, like the 10 biggest disaster scenarios and then like have a sketch of how your plan is going to look tailored to your situation, as well as with your friends and loved ones, um, if they're going to be involved, involved in, um, you know, this disaster scenario and, and this plan. So number one, you want to plan for the biblical collapse of the American capital markets. As you see America keep getting into more debt. If America collapses, that is going to be a fucking biblical collapse, not just in the in, in America, but on the world stage, because the world is so interconnected and China owns like 30% of America's bonds and things like that. That is going to be a fucking big, bad disaster. And there's a chance that that will happen in our lifetime. So it's something that you want to be prepared for. Now, it, it might not happen. Okay, Rome didn't fall in one day. It could it, They could just keep pumping that money supply up for the next 100 years. I don't know. Um, so I've been reading about this stuff for the last 15 years and guys have been saying for the last 15 years that the collapse is imminent, but the collapse still hasn't happened. There's, there is a market crash, you know, every 10 years and then they just seem to prop the thing back up and who knows how long that could go on for, but the collapse could happen. So the better you prepare for that, um, the better it's going to be. But again, this is not about becoming paranoid. It's just about playing the cards to your, the best of your abilities. Number two is major political problems and safety issues in your country. Um, this is probably a more likely scenario. Uh, you know, if you are living in a developing country, you know, shit does happen. Um, coups happen. Uh, shit gets fucked up politically. It's something that you want to be prepared for. Number three, major problems with one of your revenue streams. Um, let's say you lose a business or you lose uh, a major revenue stream or you lose uh, your business takes a 30% hit because you're articles got delisted or you lose a payment processor because you know PayPal didn't like something you were doing that's something you should prepare for number four having your identity stolen okay this is why the more bank accounts you have the better the more assets you have hedged the better you know having physical assets is important so identity theft is is um, you know a real thing in today's day and age something you might want to look into is is a service that uh, protects against this. I haven't looked into them, but it's something that I will be looking into in the future. Um, number five, uh, any other black swan scenarios that might apply. Black swan is another term like anti-fragile coined by uh, Nicholas Nassim Taleb. He's a very good, very smart guy, good writer. Basically something that you didn't expect to happen, some crazy shit that goes down and you should have like your particular black swan scenarios you know, a list of these together and how you would deal with them. Uh, because the the better you're, you're prepared, the better you're gonna be able to handle what comes up. And if you follow the steps though, the good thing is if you follow the steps that I outlined in this plan, you should be able to handle any of those particular scenarios that happens. Like let's say the worst one, like the biblical American economic collapse, the money comes out of the US dollar, the US dollar destroys itself. Well, money is like energy. It, it you know, it can't be created or destroyed. It has to go somewhere. And it'd probably go into like renminbi or gold. I can't predict it, but let's say you're hedged evenly across all those assets. So you could, your dollar could be decimated um, and your business could take a big hit, but your actual net worth, because you had an equal amount invested in gold, 
um, could still be even because all that money was taken out and, and gold goes up. Um, you know, something along those lines where you had investments in oil and oil went up or oil futures. So um, you should be well prepared uh, to survive any of those things if you follow the plan. And, and you're definitely going to be better prepared than like 99.9% of people. Um, also, like crazy scenarios like that provide a lot of opportunity. Uh, the Chinese character for chaos is the same character for opportunity. So uh, you, you actually have, if you do, you know, you're well prepared and you're able to survive and thrive in those scenarios, you have opportunities to make money in, in certain disastrous scenarios. But your plan should have, should, should be able to have you, you know, be able to grab your passports, grab your cash, grab your belongings, grab your family and friends, get to an airport and know where you're going. Um, if shit hits the fan and you know, as many, um, you know, the, the, the better you prepare, the better it's going to be. So that's it for step 17. Last step 18 is the finish line. Congratulations, you win the financial game of life and you get to retire peacefully and prosperously, not just for you, but for your kids and your grandkids if you have them and for your friends as well. If you've, if you've moved offshore and you've built a community, um, I hope that when I retire, I'm gonna live, be living around you know, five or six of my buddies in a gated community and you know we're all able to support each other and 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 benefit from shared knowledge and and hopefully um be able to share a lot of knowledge with you guys as i continue to get older in the online community and you know everyone be able will be able to benefit from from what you've built um with that said this is one thing to consider this is lastly a lifetime plan don't let it overwhelm you um Many things might not be part of your plan, which you, you can ignore. Um, you, not, you might not agree with me on the order of the plan. You can always change the order. This is just my two cents. Um, also, a lot of the disastrous scenarios might not happen, okay? I don't want to worry you about an economic collapse when you don't have a business and you're like, oh man, why, why should I even start a business if shit's just going to hit the fan? Don't get into that mentality of like things are imminent and getting paranoid. Um, just work with what you have. Don't stress too much about the future, but as you start leveling up in the game, start preparing for things that could happen. That's the important thing because it's always good to prepare. Failure to prepare is preparing to fail. So you want to prepare as much as possible. You want to have the best possible plan, and you do, but you don't want to worry too much about it. You just want to be as well prepared as possible, and then if shit hits the fan, then you play that card to the best of your abilities because that's what you are in the game of life. You are a player in the game of life and this plan ideally will hopefully will get you to the point where you are automated and you are able to max out the financial game of life. And that's it. Again, final disclaimer, this is not tax, legal, or financial advice. Please consult a professional before you implement any of the concepts outlined also, definitely check out the How to Plan Your Financial Future article at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com. Very important to have a reference point with, because all this stuff is complicated as well, the links to all the relevant articles. That said, thank you for watching the video on YouTube, audio on iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, also, check out my videos on Facebook. As always, I wish you all the best in your personal development journey.